The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You sure are, and we are ready to go. We hope you are as well. The uh, phone lines, look at that, already open at 416-870-6400, ready to talk shop when it comes to employment uh, law, whether that be something that you've always had on your mind. In fact, a little later on in the show, if we uh, if we get some time in between the phone calls, mistakes employers make because they just don't know any better. We'll get to that and your emails as well. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. For the next little while, uh, covidrights.ca uh, is a website you'll want to Check out lots of information out there when it comes to uh, dealing with this whole coronavirus, COVID-19 thing. When it comes to being uh, employed or not employed at this point, you want to go there for details on the CERB and the uh, the constantly changing benefits and programs put in uh, put in place by the government. So there you go. 416-870-6400. Bring the calls on. It is the flagship show. We are live, ready to take your calls about COVID-19 or anything else. So uh, let's get it rocking and rolling. How are you, pal? Hey, John. I am well. I actually had a very, very exciting day. I actually today, hmm. for a nice change of pace, instead of doing my work in my home office, I actually did it in my living room. So it was a pretty exciting nice. exciting time. You know, I mean, change of scenery, it's a very important today. Uh, but, That's right. But, yeah, seriously. But all jokes aside, uh, I have had another busy day, busy week so far. It's only Wednesday. Uh, talking with a lot of people, questions about employment law, workplace rights, and emailing back and forth. I, I'm really uh, putting on the uh, the miles on my data plans on my phone. Yeah. Uh, that's okay, though. I, I want to talk uh, to you all about your workplace rights, your workplace problems, your job losses, if uh, if you're undergoing a layoff or a reduction in pay, or you have a question about any benefits that you're owed, the CRB, the EI, the wage subsidy, the student uh, wage uh, the, uh, subsidy. Any and all that that you want to talk about, give us a call right now. Uh, I'm happy to answer. Take advantage that we want to talk to you. Remember, employment laws are still here. Employment laws have not gone anywhere. It, it may be difficult to think of like that because you're so focused on, on the, the situation and trying to stay healthy, but employment laws are still here. So if you want to know if your employer is allowed to do something or what you can do about it, now's the time, now's the place. And if you don't want to get on air but you have questions, my contact information will give you that throughout the show so that we can connect by phone, by email, and uh, and answer those questions. But, John, I think we'll kind of go back to, to, to normal, and I'll start off with the week that was. A couple situations nice. that came across my desk. I've been waiting to kind of try to get back to normal, so let's try to do that today. Uh, first situation I'll talk to you about, I spoke with a, a gentleman just earlier today, actually, where uh, he was uh, he was let go, and he told me he'd worked for his employer for eight years, and they decided to let him go because of COVID-19, that they are now going to have to make some changes, and there's no more role for him. So, of course, my first question to him was, okay, well, tell me how much severance they've offered you. Except he said, no, no severance. And, well, why? Well, I'm an independent contractor. So mm. eight years he's been working for the same company in a sales role, uh, working for them exclusively for them, full-time hours, in fact, up to 50 hours a week. And he's an independent contractor, they say. Uh, and so because of an independent contractor, you're not getting paid anything. Whoa, 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 not so fast. I hope we have hundreds and hundreds of listeners right now shaking their heads saying, no, no, that's wrong. It is absolutely wrong. Classic case of misclassification. He's an employee in the eyes of the law. It doesn't matter what the company calls him. It doesn't matter what he thought he was. 
The law decides. And because he's an employee, had a regular job, full-time hours, etc., he gets severance like an employee. And for him, that could be as much as 11, even 12 months pay. So that's a lot of compensation. And the reason I wanted to bring this up today, other than, you know, be aware of the idea of misclassification is we know about individuals, employees losing, uh, losing their job right now because of COVID-19. Very, very unfortunate. But I wanted to remind those who may be losing their job that think that they're independent contractors. Don't assume that. You may well be an employee. You may well have significant termination entitlements. So... For those independent contractors losing their job, give me a call. I want to hear from you or call us on the show right now. Let's make sure that uh, you – let's help you understand what you really are, an employee or contractor, and determine how much compensation you're owed. Uh, John, this happens all the time. I can tell you that. You bet. It's, uh, by the way, the number to reach out if uh, you're bashful later on after the show, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But uh, here and now, it's 416-870-6400. Uh, what else you got going on? Spoke uh, earlier this week with a gentleman who uh, he, uh, he'd he been put on a temporary layoff, and a few weeks after that, he gets contacted by his employer who says to him, well, uh, we want to bring you back, but we don't want to bring you back to your old job. We can't do that. So here's a new agreement for you to sign, uh, and this agreement's going to provide for a different role for you with different pay. It's actually going to be about a 40% reduction in pay, so we need you to sign right here. Well, he says, no, I'm not going to sign that. So wouldn't you know it, John, uh, two days later after he says he's not signing that, he gets a letter from him saying, well, we accept your resignation. Uh, and he calls me, and to which I ask, are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> nonsense. It's, it, it, I didn't even know where to begin here. Number one, let's break this down. He abs- absolutely has no uh, obligation to accept such a change to the terms of his employment. He doesn't have that, that obligation. The company can't reduce his pay by 40%, whether it's COVID-related or not COVID-related. That is a termination, a constructive dismissal. And because he's refusing to agree to something that's illegal, that doesn't mean that he's resigned. Remember, resignation means you've decided you don't want to work for this company anymore. That's not what happened here. So they terminated his employment. He's owed severance. And I wanted to remind everyone that the company doesn't get to decide if you resign. You're the only one that gets to make that decision, and it has to be clear and unequivocal. Otherwise, it's a termination. And of course, you do not have to accept a significant change to the terms of your employment. More information anytime. By the way, you can reach out to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and and wrapped into the pocketemploymentlawyer.ca website is also the severance pay calculator, which we've uh, known about for several years. Massively popular. And the email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the uh, the way we roll for uh, email questions during the show and otherwise. And if you haven't caught it yet, the TV show happens Saturday, Sundays mornings on CTV and Global TV uh, as well. Just waiting for our first call to get lined up here. 416-870-6400 is the uh, the way to do that. Mistakes employees employers rather make because they just don't know any better. Well, you gave a couple good ones right there. Um, we'll get to those, but first I want to move on to uh, to Paul, who's uh, who's called through. Hey, Paul, how are you, pal? Hi, how are you? Good, sir. What's up? Um, I we were we didn't receive the note, but I took a photocopy of it. Uh, we're in se- essential service. But because of the COVID and the tremendous impact on the day-to-day activities, we uh, are going next week. We are going on a four-day week. And I want to know what rights I have here. Because 
I can't really afford to go to a four-day week. Sure. Uh, and, Paul, do you know for how long that's expected to last? We have no idea, but uh, they, it says in this letter, too, that they're going to look at the work share program, mm-hmm. which I have no we, – we don't know anything right now. But as of next week, I'm on a four-day week. Yeah, so you're losing essentially 20% or so of your of your income. So uh, yes. it, it is a constructive dismissal. And, and, and as I've said on the show before and today and then for years, an employer doesn't have a right to make significant changes to terms of employment, even if it's because of COVID-19. So you now and your colleagues have the, the choice to make. You can accept this and now you're working four days a week. Obviously, that is your right. Or you can treat that as a termination and require the company to pay you severance. Paul, how long have you worked there for? Uh, approximately 27 years. Oof. Well, for you, and that could potentially mean as much as two years pay, Paul. And I'm 64 and a half. I was intending on retiring next year in March. Oh. And now they're, but it's not a very good company to work for. They don't care about people. Right. Well, Paul, your, your option then, sorry, Paul, your, your option is you can accept this. Keep in mind, if you accept this and you continue working more than a couple of weeks, there's no going back, right? Uh, so you either accept this or you treat this as a constructive dismissal. Given the fact that, you know, in a year or two, what have you, you are going to retire, it may not be a bad option for you to pursue constructive dismissal. And if that's what you would like to do, let's you and I not wait to talk. You know, time is not necessarily on your side right now. So let's sit down and have a chat. Why don't you reach out to me after the show? Paul, nicely done. Do so. Your timing is absolutely spectacular. The number is uh, 1-855-821-5900. Again, Paul, 1-855-821-5900. You can reach out uh, via email as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Going to move on here before we break. Got a couple minutes. Karen, how are you? Good. <laughs> Good. How are you? Good. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Okay. I am a self-employed home stager i stage home and i haven't done a job for a few weeks but i have received a payment for an invoice that i billed like possibly even a month ago so so what is it is it the money that i have received that or can i apply for that serve or not yeah it's a great question and the answer is yes you can apply because you haven't earned any income, right? So the fact that you may be getting money for work that you did two months ago, what have you, uh, is not considered earned income right now. So you can apply right now for the CERB. Uh, again, as long as you had at least $5,000 worth of income, then yes, you, you, you can apply and, and you should apply as soon as possible. Okay, so even if, even if I receive like another payment from somebody, but it's from a job from... Correct. Correct. Because it's for work done before. It's not for work done now. Then yes, you're you're and you haven't earned any money. It's not that you've done work that you're expecting to get paid for now. Then uh, because of that, uh, you can apply. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Appreciate your time and the phone call. Enjoy the rest of your evening. We'll take a short pause here. Get right back into it. 416-870-6400 or one 225 talk If you prefer, that is toll-free. And some emails as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show Wednesday night edition here on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. 
The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And plenty of time for you to call in, make a difference, ask your questions, expand your brain. That's how it works. 416-870-6400-1888-225. Talk. That is toll free. A couple websites you'll want to check out. COVIDrights.ca for the next little while, I would assume. And also pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. Lots of good information there as well. And to reach out to Lior and the team anytime, one 855 821-5900, but we are moving on to another phone call. Tracy, thank you for standing by. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. What's on your mind? Um, I just have a question um, about my mom. She was laid off in 2018, received severance for a year, and then she got onto EI in 2018 of July, which ended in 2019 of January. So I want to know, is she eligible for the third payment? So it ended in January 2019, just over a year ago? January 2020. Okay, sorry, January 2020. Then, yes, she would be. Uh, If you got off EI uh, after uh, the end of December 2019, that you qualify for EI. Uh, for sorry for the CRB because it's assumed that you may now be looking for work and have a hard time finding a job so because yeah. of that yes she would qualify for the CRB uh, once the CRB runs out though she would not qualify for any more uh, benefits or EI hopefully by then she's working but she would qualify for the CRB Tracy okay and then can I ask you one more question sure yep okay so my dad he's a ta- he's a cab driver in Toronto and he's he's 73 years old, so he he parked his car. He said, you know, there's there's just not enough work in downtown. So is he eligible to apply for EI benefits or or the third payment? So if he's making less than a thousand dollars then a month, then yes. You know, keep in mind he may at some point be asked questions by CRA. Could you have worked and earned more than a thousand? And if the answer is yes, then he may have to pay the money back. Do you understand what I mean? Because it's it's for those that, despite their best efforts, cannot earn more than a thousand bucks now because of COVID-19. That's what the CRB is for. So it's possible that he may be faced with these questions but if he is now making less than a thousand dollars a month then yeah he does qualify okay because he's only part-time because he's part, he's retired right so he's right. Like, he works part-time anyways and i'm pretty sure a thousand dollars is not what he would have been able to make during these times so, so- yeah, and if that's the case, if he wouldn't have been able to make, even if he tried, then he should be absolutely fine uh, and should be able to apply and get legally the CRB. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for clearing that up. Uh, thank you for your time and your call, Tracy. 416-870-6400 or one talk That number is toll-free. Chris, thanks for standing by. How are you? Not bad. How are you? Good, pal. What's on your mind? Well, I just have another question. I did talk to you guys last week. I'm on sick benefits uh, through the COVID. I have uh, underlying conditions, COPD. But my question is, um, uh, do I get severance pay if I decide to terminate from uh, the situation? I am in a union. Now, does that make a difference? Oh, yeah. It makes all the difference. Unfortunately, you can't decide if you're part of a union to treat the layoff as a termination. Your employer is allowed to lay you off temporarily. 
if that temporary layoff becomes a permanent layoff, in other words, you're gone, you're out of a job, then at that point, you're going to be owed severance. Unfortunately, though, it's going to be a lot less than what you would get if you were a non-unionized employee. It's going to be what the collective agreement says, which is going to be a lot less. But you're not, uh, unfortunately, able to get any severance until and unless the layoff becomes permanent. Okay, so as long as they're going to keep me employed and bring me back. And and you're also saying that because I am in a union, I, I it's not the same laws as everybody else who's not in a union? That's correct. It, it is not the same laws, unfortunately. It, it's different laws. Essentially, the laws kind of put aside and the collective agreement becomes the law for, for unionized employees. So whereas the law usually kind of comes in and protects non-unionized employees, the collective agreement is your law. So whatever the collective agreement says is what's going to happen. Chris, appreciate your time. Got to uh, got to move on here. 416-870-6400. That would be Kim. Hello, Kim. Good evening. Hi. How are you tonight? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind? Actually, um, I've been with an agency. Uh, I've I've what do you call it? Been to the same employer for six years. Uh, going there, not to the agency to report to work. And I've heard in the past you explained that basically, if you go to the same employer, you're a you're a part of the employment staff of that employer, but I don't know how it would imply to a severance. Since I was laid off as of April, I have six years. I'll be 62 next month, and whether or not I would get a severance package based on the fact I was with the agency. So, Kim, uh, is this supposed to be a, a, a temporary layoff or is it a permanent one? As far as I know, it's permanent, as far okay. as I know. Now, what has happened in the past three years is because of health reasons, uh, being a replacement of the knee, I've had time off in the summer's time, and I've gone back each year and in September back to my employment. And, I've, and this would have been the third year this would have happened. So I keep going back to the employer, but uh, I don't know where I would fall in as far sure. as any type of severance situation. So here's the good news. The good news that it actually doesn't matter if you're an employee of the agency or an employee of the company that you work for because severance is going to be owed to you either way. Whether okay. the check is going to come from the agency or the check is going to come from the company, at the end of the day, you're not going to care too much. You just need to get what the law says you should have. So uh, have they offered you any severance? Absolutely none. No. None. Have you asked just, about uh, it? No, not at all. I just was, I, again, this has only been the month I just received. Uh, while I went into work that one night, they just approached me. They said, you know, we really hate to do this, but you're laid off. Okay. Well, it. then then you're owed severance, and after six years, and I, I think you said you're in your 60s, you could easily yeah. be owed eight, nine months pay. So I want to speak to you off air. Let me help you get the severance. It's not going to be difficult. It's not even a question. We're not even going to have to establish that the company is your actual employer because the agency also has that same responsibility to pay you severance even if you're truly their employee it doesn't matter you're someone's employee so so, yeah. so they they have to pay you severance so i want you to connect with me off air and i'll help you get everything you wrote i really appreciate that thank you very much no problem kim thank you for your time a, a wise phone call my friend here is the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred again one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred kim that'll put you in touch with lior and that amazing crew at the firm, you want to send an email along as a reminder, no problem, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now to call us uh, during the remainder of the show till around 10 to 8, you got lots of time, 416-870-6400 and one 225 talk That is toll free. Mo, hello there. How are you? Not bad. How are you? 
Good, brother. What's uh, what's going on? Um, so I was temporarily laid off, right, uh, as is most of the people. But uh, my employer, he's actually asking me to continue contacting clients and keep uh, basically working for the company. Uh, almost the same stuff that I was doing while I was employed during my temporary layoff, right? And he's telling me that I have to keep the clients active or else I'm not going to have any clients when I come back to work. And uh, now I'm not getting paid for this. So this is something that he's just expecting me to do as a personal investment, but I don't want to do it because I'm not working. So we keep kind of getting into this dispute. And uh, he's at a point where he's kind of threatening my job or when I'm coming, like threatening me losing my job. So first of all, you're absolutely right that if he's going to not pay you, he cannot expect you to do work. And and for you to say, I'm not going to work if you're not going to pay me, makes sense. Like it, it's the most basic concept of employment. I work, you pay me. It's as simple as that. Now, it, it, it's worse than that for the, for them is if you're saying, no, uh, I, I, I need to get paid for work and that's why they end up firing you. That's actually a reprisal. That's illegal. You can't be fired for standing up for your legal rights in a situation like this. Okay, so if they were to fire you, it's illegal. Now, I cannot prevent them from firing you. Okay, what I can do is if they decide to let you go, uh, then to get you the severance that you're owed, and and I'm happy to do that. Physically, you can't stop your employer from firing you. What I can say is that you're right here. Now, you'll have to ultimately decide if they are going to let you go. Uh, do you want to be let go and get severance, or would you rather do what they say uh, and continue working? That is up to you. But legally, you're 100% right, and they're 100% wrong. Um, okay. Because of the temporary layoff, is he able to actually change the contract when I come back? No, no. So the same rules apply. So just like he couldn't change the contract in a, in a normal situation, he can't change it now. Now listen, if he he's gonna say instead of working nine to five, you work eight forty five to four forty five, he can do that. If he's gonna say I'm gonna give you a two percent pay cut, yeah, it's not gonna make you happy, but he can do that. So minor minor changes, yeah, an employer can always do, but nothing significant. If they do that, that's a constructive dismissal. And I'm sorry, the last point, how long uh, can a temporary layoff last before I can actually classify it as a dismissal? Well, you can actually classify it as a dismissal right now. Uh, it, it could be a termination from the date that, that you're laid off temporarily. You don't have to accept it at all. But when it becomes a termination, regardless of what you want to do, it's, uh, are you getting benefits right now? I am getting benefits from the government, yeah. No, uh, through your employer. Health, dental, are they continuing your benefits? No. Then it's 13 weeks. So 13 weeks, three months uh, from when you were uh, uh, laid off. That's when it automatically becomes a termination. So if you're not back within th within three months, then it's automatically a termination. Or you can treat that as a termination right now, not even wait the three months. Uh, hopefully I, that answers it. And if I am getting benefits, how long until I can claim severance? If you were, if they were continuing your health dental uh, dental coverage, then it would be 35 weeks. Oh, okay. All right, thank you so much. No problem. Thanks, Mo. Appreciate that. You want to reach out? Uh, suggest you you probably do. Would be a good idea, and that would be one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of your help at employmentlawyer.ca. But we still have plenty of time and plenty of room. Come on in four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred and one triple eight two two five. Talk. Hello, Warren. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's um, up? Got laid off amongst the uh, Canadians on. March 13th, like two days before the March 15th. And um, apparently 
EI rules apply. CERB comes in, but the EI weeks start calculating from the 14th onward. And I have another friend that got laid off the following week, and he went right on to CERB, but his EI clock doesn't start ticking until after the CERB is finished. Have you ever had any, any um, concerns or complaints about that issue? about that um, date, the cohort of Canadians that, that I think it's about 390,000 Canadians that were laid off the week before the 15th right. and then the week after. Well, the, 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 the good thing, I mean, I don't know if good thing is the right term here, but the reality is that if, you're right, it's EI that applies, but if the EI runs out and you're not back at work, then you can switch at that point to the CRB as long as the CRB still exists then. So, so... The, they had to kind of put the line in the sand somewhere, and then they decided on March the 15th, even though you're right. There's plenty of people that were let go or laid off uh, before then. But in your situation, because it's before March 15th, you've applied for EI, you're going to stay on EI until either EI runs out or until you're back at work. And if EI runs out, you can apply at that point for the CERB. Actually, it's CERB did kick in, just that. We're losing the the weeks, and when CRV runs out, then those weeks we lose them on the other end. Where the other did you also CRV? apply for the CRV? Yep. Okay, so that's that's something you shouldn't have done. So once you've applied for EI, you should have not applied for the CRV. Uh, you should have stayed on the ice because you're going to have to pay that money back. Unfortunately, uh, uh, you you can't get EI and CRV for the same period of time. And what the government said is, if you applied for EI before March 15th, then you're staying on EI. And, and then you can get CRB if EI runs out. So keep in mind, you cannot have EI and CRB. Yeah, but they're only paying me one. They're only paying me the CRB. They're not paying me EI at this point. Well, I don't know. I think you may still be getting EI checks. You may, you, you, you might because um, there will be no reason for them to stop. But okay, if that's the case, either way, you can't go back uh, and undo anything with respect to the March 13th date. Yeah, just hang on to the money. You have to give it back if you're double dipping, right? So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the number one triple eight two two five talk. That is the toll free way to get through. Going to move to uh, to Michael. Hi, Michael. Good evening. Hi there. Good pal. How are you? Good. Um, my wife was diagnosed with uh, cancer in November of two thousand seventeen. Uh, she went through short term disability, then went on long term disability, where the insurance company was paying her. That long-term disability ended on March the 26th, and she um, was deemed um, not able to go back to her job, but not fully disabled. So, yeah. uh, so it was March 26th. No more disability payments. Um, so it's been just over a month now. Um, she she got she spent a lot of time trying to contact her employer to ask what her current situation is, her status of employment. Um, there was no response for three weeks, and then finally they just told her um, that they don't currently have a position to put her in right now because um, they, she can't go back to her regular job uh, because of the physical limitations of it, and that's all medically um, supported by doctors, and the um, insurance company already said that in the disability letter. So here she is in limbo um, a month later. Um, they've put her on long-term leave without pay. Um, we're presuming that she can apply for EI? 
So okay, let's let's answer that that question first question uh, or the last question first. Unfortunately, she cannot apply for EI uh, because of the fact that she didn't have enough insurable hours before, and she also can't apply. There for seven years. No, I know, I know, but but my point is because she's been off work for so long, you need to have that many insurable hours at the time that that the layoff happens, and she also can't apply for the CRB because the reason she's not working is not because of COVID; it's is because the company right. says they don't have a job given her limitations. So I'll come back to the company, but here's the real problem here. Here's what can be done. The insurance company should not have cut her off. If she's mm-hmm. not able to work and if her doctor's supporting her saying you can't work, if that's the case, again, I'm not her doctor, but if that's what the doctor says, the insurance company should not cut her off. And this is extremely common. After two years, company says, we think you should be able to get back to some job. So we're going to yeah, cut that's you what off. They're saying. They're saying of based course. on her experience and her mm-hmm. background that she should be able to do other jobs. Well, that it's not that simple. And, and if her doctor says, nah, you really can't be working right now, then that should be it. So the good her news is these- She can't do the current job that she was doing because it's too right. difficult. The good news is these issues with the insurance company can be resolved easily. We have a whole department in my firm that just deals with these issues. So I want you or your wife to connect with me off air and connect, and connect you with my partner, Sivan Tumarkin, and his team. They'll help deal with the insurance company so we can get her back on benefits as soon as possible. Now, with respect to the employer, if, in fact, uh, they are able to accommodate her but are not, that could be a human rights violation. That could be a wrongful dismissal. So we can discuss that as well. But I think the angle here, the op- opportunity, is to deal with the insurance company. Uh, so I, don't, I wouldn't sit on this because clearly money is an issue. She needs to find a way to get paid. Unfortunately, though, Michael, she would not qualify for EI or CERB. So she needs to give us a call right away so we can deal with her insurance company. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the call. Here's how you do it. Do not hesitate. As reminded, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Moving on down the uh, the trough. Here got uh, Jeff on the line. Hi, Jeff. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you tonight? Good, sir. What's uh, what's going on with you? Well, your quick question, my friend. I'm not sure if you know anything about this four dollar an hour component from the government. First of right. all. Yeah, I do. My question to you is, I'm classified as an essential worker. I have a friend who works the same position in another part of the province. However, they're unionized with OPSU. And you know how Smokey was talking to good old Ford there yesterday about it, right? Right. So my question is, because that person works with OPSU in their unionized position, um, she thinks that they're going to be eligible for it. Now, I'm not in a unionized position. But I'm still classified. I'm still doing the exact same job as that person, my, my actually my friend. So I'm just wondering if I would be eligible for that $4 an hour as well. Yes, you, you are. Uh, if you meet the category of jobs that uh, the government announced for which uh, people qualify for the extra $4 uh, mm-hmm. an hour, then yes, you, you qualify. It doesn't matter if you're unionized or not. Uh, so I don't have the category uh, of jobs in front of me. But if you there, there's a list of the types of jobs that the, the, it applies to, if it uh, if you are one of those jobs and you absolutely can uh, can get the four dollars what i don't know is how it actually works because uh, that the money is not coming from your employer that money is coming from the government but yeah. bottom line is you absolutely do qualify okay no i i am on the list i know that because i before i called i kind of researched the list sort of thing right so, yeah mm-hmm. you know we, we we spoke about that actually earlier today because uh, a friend of mine actually works in the uh, in the capital city of ottawa so that way there i just was curious so okay gentlemen thank cool. you very much Good evening and be safe, okay? Take care of yourself. Thanks, Jeff.
Thank you, Jeff, for you too as well. Appreciate it, pal. And moving on to uh, Emily. Still got uh, some time here. Hi, Emily. Good evening. Hey, how are you? Good. What's up? Good. So I am a nurse at a hospital, and we are operating under a collective agreement. And all of our vacation time has currently been suspended due to the COVID outbreak. And so nobody's getting time. Everybody who was on vacation or was uh, using bank vacation towards their retirement has been called back to work. And I'm wondering if the employer has any obligation to reinstate that over those uh, vacation hours after the COVID is over, because we're really struggling right now in regards to mental health and personal Yeah, no, I I hear you. And and the government of Ontario implemented uh, changes to the laws that allow hospitals to make these changes right now and, and call people back from leaves and cancel vacations and do all these things that normally they wouldn't have a right to do. So so right now, while we're in this period, your hospital, your, your employer can do that. But they're going to have to, to uh, bring things back to normal when uh, when the time comes after we're out of this. You can talk to your union exactly uh, about what the collective agreement says. But yes, you're not going to ultimately lose that vacation time and, and those hours banked. They're going to be credited back to you you just can't use it at this time if the hospital says no okay no problem that's all i wanted to ask thank you so much thanks emily appreciate what you do as well you guys are doing amazing work and uh please stay safe for uh, as long as we need you because god we need you steven uh you're up next how are you pal good thanks how are you good pal what's on your mind um can you hear me yeah yep got you now okay sorry uh, March of 2018, I went out sick and was in the hospital many days, one collapse. Anyway, I was recovering, working out. And then July 9th of uh, 2019, I had open heart surgery, so that put me off even longer. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was on EI initially, then in July. And long story short, just two weeks ago, I got my uh, note from my heart doctor and took it into work because I was ready to go back to work with no re- restrictions. And then they said, oh, there's no work. Uh, we're laying you off. And have you, because uh, I had a hard time hearing you, in the last year or in 2019, did you earn at least $5,000? Well, from Manulife Benefits, yes. From, from Manulife Benefits. And were you, were you on EI recently? I was on EI in 2018 when I was in right. the hospital. And those ran out through work. Manulife took over. So un- unfortunately, no, you would not qualify, and, and this is completely unfair and so wrong, but because you, you did not have income from work over the past year, uh, and, and because of the fact that you weren't on EI recently, unfortunately, you're in that gray area that doesn't qualify for the CRB right now. Uh, I, I, I do hope and would like to think that that may change at some point, that they'll make benefits available, but right now, as we speak, Steve, you do not qualify. Oh, no, that wasn't my question. My question was, I was going to go back to work, and they laid me off. Right. And I know anybody can get laid off. I understand that. But, you know, I was under the understanding that at some point, you know, when you come back to work with no restrictions, they're supposed to accommodate you. Well, absolutely. That's assuming they have the ability to accommodate you, right? So if if they're, you know, 
there's no jobs and they can't accommodate you. But you're right that an employee that's laid off, not just you, anyone, has the right to treat that as a termination. So the layoff itself may be illegal, not not because it's you and not because you're coming back from a medical issue, because for any situation, in most cases, a layoff is illegal. So really, your only option now is to stay on a layoff or to treat that layoff as a termination and get severance. Steve, those are the only options. Steve, appreciate your call, but we got to run. We are done. If we didn't get to you uh, far, Rick and Obey, please uh, call this number when the uh, the show is done or into tomorrow as well to call the or don't leave it. Just call on the uh, outside of the show. That is 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and covidrights.ca as well. Important stuff there. We'll catch you again next time the Employment Law Show. Stick around. On Point is coming right back with Alex Pearson. Right here on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.